This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello, and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 93, and today we will look at some themes from Pro Wrestling Noah. And to help me do that is a contributor for Voices of Wrestling, uh, coming to us live from Japan. So it's uh, daytime where he is, and uh, about 3 a.m. where I am, (laughs) it's uh, the returning Jojo Remy. Hello, Jojo. Hi, Andrew. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate you, uh, you know, making this work in terms of scheduling because, as you mentioned, it's obviously almost the middle of the night for you, and it's, uh, you know, middle of the afternoon for me. So I'm glad to be here, and I'm happy to talk about Pro Wrestling Noah and music, two of my favorite things, and I'm glad to talk to you again. Yeah, I'm happy you're back on. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, it's, it's been a little over three years since the last time you were on, so uh, maybe a bit overdue, I think. But, uh, but but how are you doing? How are you holding up with the pandemic still going on? Um, I know Japan has managed to get you know, pretty good control over this thing as of late. Um, certainly a lot better than the States, that's for sure. Uh, but how are things going with you? Yeah, things are good. You know, I'm, uh, you know, thankfully still employed and, you know, st- Staying safe here and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, do everything I can to, to stay healthy and, you know, uh, you know, protect other people that are around me. So, you know, obviously altered my show going habits quite a bit. You know, I think probably last time we talked, I had been here for maybe a year and a half or so. And I had probably already been to like 70 shows or something <laughs> like that. Whereas now I haven't been to a show since January, but, you know, everything's good and uh, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely, yeah, and and the best news of all for you, of course, is uh, your team, the Miami Marlins, are in the playoffs this year. So oh. that's a that's a oh. big check in the win column for you. That is absolutely the best thing that's happening for me right now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is anybody who knows me or has interacted with me at all online knows that I'm a big Marlins fan, and this was not expected at all. But this is. So good as a, you know, a team that's basically been the laughing stock of, of Major League Baseball for as long as I can remember. Somehow, even though we have two World Series, uh, this has been an exciting, you know, change to the year. Basically, I'm, I'm really thankful for that, too. Did I see the other day uh, you posted in the VOW Slack a photo of a T-shirt that you got that said uh, Marlings on it? Yeah. So that's a tribute to one of our players, Starling Marte. Uh Obviously, his name ends in a G, but it's also like a nod to accents, right? So I'm a big fan of accents, too. And you might hear some people in Miami saying, let's go Marlings like that. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I'm a fan of Starling Marte and I'm a fan of accents and I'm a fan of the Miami Marlings, too. See, I just assumed you were a big fan of the actress Brit Marling from the OA, but uh, I suppose I was wrong in that sense. (laughs) We can go with that, too, if you want. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Well, um. Well, today, Jojo, we are indeed talking about some pro wrestling Noah entrance music. Uh, in fact, we just watched a Noah show a few hours ago, uh, one of the N1 Victory shows. And uh, I think, Jojo, it's rather appropriate that you're on this episode here. Um, a, because 
you won the Noah episode of Five Star Match Game a few months ago. So, I sure uh, did. You know who lost that? Uh, Alan, Alan Farrell. That's right. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and Joey Bay too, but but Alan was more uh, competitive than Joey. <laughs> Stiff competition, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's for sure. Um, but also it's appropriate because the last time you were on here, uh, you did an All Japan episode with me. That's and right. And if you know your history, Noah was born out of All Japan, you know, back in 2000 with the exodus of Misawa and Kobashi and um, most of the roster, actually. Uh, they left the company because they were not happy with the way things were being run at the time. So they left and formed a new promotion called Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, referencing, of course, the story of Noah and the Ark and the idea of starting over, starting fresh on uh, on the green mat, as it was. And uh, now it's 20 years later. Uh, the 20th anniversary of Noah is this year. And Noah, it, it's it's been through a lot, that's for sure. You know, uh, a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And so much has changed in regards to the company, um, including the green mat, which is no longer green. It's not white. Um, but I think, you know, the importance and the impact of a company like Noah should not be understated at all, Jojo. Yeah, I mean, for me personally as a fan, uh, the company started right around the time that I started getting into Japanese wrestling. Uh, I actually, you know, first got into All Japan, so I kind of, you know, took the voyage with these guys that that went on to start their new company. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, it's been tumultuous over the, you know, recent handful of years going through various ownership changes. Um, you know, in the death of Misawa before that. So, yeah, the the ride has been a little bumpy, but I think now, you know, the, this most recent ownership change being purchased by Cyber Agent has been a, a, a real uh, shot in the arm for the company, and they're starting to, to, you know, to be on the rise again. You mentioned uh, getting into Noah from the beginning. Um, I first became aware of it and first saw it when it was a few years into its run, and it was through Noah that I discovered Misawa and Kobashi and Akiyama and, and Kenta and Marafuji, all those guys, because I didn't watch 90s All Japan. But I did watch that 2005 Tokyo Dome show with, you know, Kobashi versus Sasaki and the chop battle uh, and, and Kenta uh, beating Katamaru for the junior title and Misawa wrestling Kawada for the last time. And it just seemed like this, this great new world opening up to me that felt like a, a big deal because it was a big deal. It really was. You know, it was the continuation of the pillars, um, minus Kawada, obviously. But you also had these really cool next-generation guys like Kenta, Marafuji, uh, Morishima, Ishimori, Kanamaru. Uh, plus, they brought in outsiders like uh, Sasaki and, and Mudo, uh, Liger, Minoru Suzuki, Tanahashi. Uh, they ran the Tokyo Dome. They ran Budokan. And for a few years there, in the mid-2000s, they were the hottest promotion in Japan, I'd say. Um, but like you said, things took a turn. You know, Misawa dying in the ring, that was a huge turning point for them. Uh, younger stars not working out for one reason or another. Uh, guys leaving the promotion, guys retiring, uh, business going down, all the different ownership changes. And, and really, they took just so many hits as time went on. But, you know, I think it is rather strangely apropos that a company that was founded on tumult, that was founded on upheaval, would suffer so much of it in its own lifetime. And, and, and luckily, as you said, they are a lot more stable currently thanks to 
uh, being owned by Cyber Agent, which also owns DDT. Um, I know they took a financial hit due to COVID, of course, but um, with Cyber Agent and this new uh, overarching cyber fight company thing that they got going on there, I, I think Noah will be just fine for the foreseeable future, Jojo. Yeah, definitely. I would say, you know, in terms of uh, production quality, in terms of consistency, in terms of like just putting out matches on a regular basis, they've been, you know, one of the the things you could count on over this time period, which, you know, if you were to ask me a year and a half ago, would I expect that from Noah? I would say no. So yeah, t- things are totally headed in the right direction for the company. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm always excited to talk about Noah. Noah, as I've been in Japan, like physically, um, I've always been, you know, going to shows and stuff like that. My first show that I remember going, big show that I remember going to here was the Noah Destiny show in Otaku, where um, where Marufuji beat Minoru Suzuki. That was a big one. Um, yeah, so Noah's really special to me, so I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah, and because it's now part of the Cyber Agent family, so to speak, uh, it's now on Wrestle Universe, uh, along with DDT and Tokyo Joshi Pro. So finally, it's part of an actual streaming service, as opposed to, you know, waiting for the pirates to get their hands on it and upload it from a TV feed or whatever to some some drive or some some high seas website. So it's a lot more convenient for people to access these shows, um, or or at least the ones that air on the service, because I know some of them don't air on it, but uh, a pretty large amount do. So yep, and also on Cyber Agents kind of internet TV platform, Abema TV. Oh right, yeah, that too, that that too, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's get to these themes here, and um, all of the songs, uh, unless otherwise stated, can be found on Pro Wrestling Noah theme album The Noah's Music Brave, or the sequel album Brave Two, um, or YouTube, either or, <laughs> you know, whatever whatever's more convenient for you, I guess. Um, and, and for the record, we're not gonna play Naomichi Marafuji's theme because that was already played on the first Jamming Around Japan episode last year with John Carroll. So anyone wondering why on a Noah episode we didn't play the theme for uh, pretty much Mr. Noah, <laughs> that's why. It was already played on the episode last year. So there you go. So we're starting it off with one of the young stars in Noah, the supernova Kaito Kiyomiya, only 24 years old, already a former GHC heavyweight champion, former tag champion as well, and global league winner, and uh, some lovely hair to boot. Kiyomiya's theme is called Explosion Soul. On the previous episode, Jammin' Around Japan Volume 2, um, I-, I mentioned the classic Puro Babyface Ace music. 
Well, this is 100% right up that alley. It is such blatant, young hero music. It starts off with that slow opening piano, very sentimental and a little moment of, um, of introspective calm before the storm. And then, boom, it explodes into this energetic, triumphant rock music. And there's a classical section there, too. Like, his name might as well be Kaito Skywalker. It's that pure of heart. But again, that's who Kiyomiya is right now. He is the young hero, the next generation ace, on his journey to becoming a major star in the company and lead the company forward. So I think this song plays into Kiyomiya's role quite well, Jojo. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you mentioned, the instrumentation is exactly what you want from your your Aces theme with the piano intro. The, the melody, you know, the classical melody, first of all, that you mentioned is like so strong and instantly gets stuck in your head. Um, and, you know, it's it's very bouncy. It's like the tempo is like built in clapping, basically. You really want to clap along with it. Uh, the, the, no, the other word I wrote down when, you know, as a that comes to mind with this song is optimistic. Um, so, yeah, everything you mentioned like this, if you were going to kind of make an ace from scratch, this is a great st- <laughs> song to start with, I would say. Yeah, optimistic is just the perfect word, absolutely, because I wrote down myself that the two qualities you're going for in a song like this are stirring and hopeful. Does it stir the emotions? Does it lift your spirits up when you hear it? And does it fill you with hope and and dreams and optimism? Those are its intentions. And unless you're the most cynical bastard ever, (laughs) I think it works. It, It does evoke those feelings. And Lord knows that Noah has needed to be uplifted in recent times. It's needed hope. And obviously they see Kiyomiya as a source of hope. He is who the company sees as the one to carry it forward in the future. He is their legacy, their long-term ace, which, you know, is a very big weight to carry. That's a big responsibility. And who knows what will happen in the next few years, of course, but right now he's their guy. And I don't think it was unintentional that they gave him the most stirring, hopeful music ever. I think it was all part of the package, Jojo. For sure, for sure. And I mean, again, like in terms of my personal connection to to the wrestler, I would say just because, you know, I arrived here at the, basically the end of 2015, uh, I have a very strong connection to Kato Kiyomi as a fan, right? Like that, that was right around the time he debuted. Like I mentioned, the first couple of shows I went to were Noah's shows. So I've been here with him like throughout his career basically starting out as a rookie um you know the program that he had with Minoru Suzuki however uh, short it was was awesome you know rising through you know he had a great match with Marafuji he went on excursion he came back it's like the it's all there this guy has a great story and it's not he hasn't been wrestling for that long so if you if you're not familiar with Noah you can basically learn about the recent history of the company just by following this guy's you know important matches so he is, like you mentioned, really the focal point of the company going forward. And um, yeah, he's a, a, a great asset for the company, I would say. Yeah, and I don't think it was unintentional either that the current Noah company hero has been given a song that structurally is very similar to a theme for an old Noah company hero. Some would say the company hero, um, the late great Mitsuharu Misawa. Spartan X with the piano intro and the kick-ass hero music, it's an easy connection to make, and I think a deliberate one too. 
sure. um, not just connecting the hero of Noah past with the hero of Noah present and future, and giving them that symbolic link, but also the fact that Misawa is Kiyomiya's idol, and he pays tribute to him all the time with the tiger suplex and, and tiger driver, and he has the green color scheme and the green jacket. Um, again, you know, comparing him to Misawa, it's a very, very, very big weight to carry on your shoulders, bar none, but that's who Kiyomiya is. That's who he is. He's, he's carving his own path while paying tribute to his idol that came before him. Yeah, he says that he became a wrestling fan uh, because he rented a Noah DVD uh, with the first ever GHC heavyweight title tournament. Um, and he, you know, fell in love with Misawa. And, and, you know, that was basically his personal history. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a very, very, uh, you know, high mark to try to hit in terms of Misawa's career. When I think about Kiyomiya, I, I kind of liken his career arc more to Tanahashi. I think he's right around the point where Tanahashi was in like 2005 right now, kind of still, you know, young in the business, but showing immense potential. Yeah, I mean, he's only 24 years old, you know, I know he's already been the champion and, and won tournaments and so forth. But again, he's only 24. And, um, you know, as long as everything works out for him, uh, we can see him evolve and improve in his career going forward. So we go now from one of the younger members of the NOAA roster to one of the oldest. 53 years old, but still spry as ever, it's Yoshinari Ogawa, who just recently celebrated 35 years in wrestling. So what? I don't care. 35 years is biz, as, as Jado would say. Uh, Ogawa, one of the few Grand Slam champions in NOAA history, um, also a champion in his All Japan days, and currently one of the members of the group Stinger with Kotaro Suzuki and Hayata. Ogawa's theme is by Rob Zombie, off of the album The Sinister Urge. This is Scum of the Earth. I love, love, love the juxtaposition of the song we just played and now this one. Because Explosion Soul, it's so full of hope and light and heroism and it lifts us up. This is not that. This is not lifting us up. This is digging us down into the earth. The scum of the earth. With loud, in-your-face industrial metal and Rob Zombie with his harsh vocals who may not smell too good, if we're being honest. Yeah, run and kill, I destroy the will. A hero that doesn't exist, yeah. Smoking gun, well I am the one. A bullet hole in your fist, yeah. There are no heroes here, there are no good guys. There's only breathing, 
bleeding, screaming scum of the earth. The gates of heaven are rusting in the mist. This is not a song for the good guy. I'm here to put smiles on faces. No, this is a song for Yoshinari Ogawa, who is arguably the walking definition of a grimy veteran wrestler, Jojo. Yeah, he's he's the grumpiest of the grumpy. Uh, as you just mentioned, we were watching this Noah show a little, like an hour or two ago, and he just like abandoned the match he was in the Junior Battle <laughs> Royal just because he's so grumpy. Uh, and there's nothing more to it other than that, really. Um, yeah, but this song, I mean, this song is like what you would hear in some sort of like dingy post-apocalyptic bar in, a, in some sort of, you know, some movie. I can't really put my finger on which one, but um, yeah, this is this is nothing like Kaito's theme. You know, you going through reading the lyrics, it almost sounds a little bit too, uh, you know, epically evil for Ogawa, who's not really, you know, a traditional heel by any sense. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, this song, in terms of when it came out, lines up perfectly with the start of Noah. And he's basically been using this. Uh, he has been using this song since Noah started. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it doesn't really fit his character, but it, it kind of. And I'll give you another example later on, but I think this kind of the song became him. You know, he be, he became one with the song just by using it for so long. Um, but yeah, I would expect more of a dastardly heel to, to use a song like this lyrically. Yeah, he he may not have the stereotypical look or or perhaps intensity for a Rob Zombie song, but still he gives off a major you know scumbag aura with the black hair and the sunglasses and the leather vest, the zebra print shorts. And he'll stretch you in the ring and use all these roll-ups to trick you. So he's able to pull off the scumbag vibe with his style and personality, which I think is a testament to him because you listen to this song and you might expect someone that's a lot bigger and looks, you know, a lot more muscular and a lot more of like a, a giant wild man to come out to match that intensity and that aggression. But Ogawa is, is rather skinny and more of a, more of a crafty, resourceful wrestler. Sure. Than he is a boom, boom, boom kind of style. But it still works, thanks to the way that he carries himself. And, you know, you, you can't look at the guy and think, oh, yeah, he probably has a, a traditional wrestling theme. No, he's got a dirty scummer theme. And this is a dirty scummer theme, JoJo. For sure. Yeah, he's kind of the epitome of, of grumpiness, I would say, in Japanese wrestling. Now, you know, there's there's been guys over time with that kind of persona, but he's kind of, you know the one carrying that mantle right now. Um, you know, he's been a constant in Noah. He's been a very successful singles wrestler, obviously winning the, the GHC heavyweight title. He's been a very successful tag team wrestler, um, you know, partners with Mitsuharu Misawa, uh, partners with Zack Sabre Jr. Um, you know, this guy's career is, is very uh, impressive and he's still an awesome wrestler, you know, today. Yeah, yeah. I think similar in vain to someone like Nagata or Kojima in New Japan. You know, the, the guy who's been around forever and can still go in the ring. Um, the difference, of course, being that Nagata and Kojima are rather jovial and, and fatherly, and they wear these bright, sharp colors, and their music is, again, this bouncy, stirring music. And then you have Ogawa, who is the surly stepdad, you know, smoking a cigarette, blasting Rob Zombie, and... He's not afraid to knock you around a little bit for being a smartass. And it's perfect. I love it. And it does help differentiate him from other guys of his generation, Jojo. For sure. And when you think of, you know, the Noah Jr. division, although he hasn't been a junior the whole time he's been in Noah, he is definitely the constant. 
um, you know, being with the company since it started. So yeah, at this point, like I said, he's just synonymous with this song. And I, at this point, definitely, there's no no reason for him to ever change it. So I think it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, a couple other things here about this one. Uh, it comes from the album The Sinister Urge. And there are actually two wrestling themes that come from this album. Uh, this one and Never Gonna Stop, which was Edge's theme for a few years uh, during the Ruthless Aggression era. Um, and Feel So Numb was the theme for No Way Out 2002. So between this and White Zombie, uh, you know, Rob Zombie has played a, a pretty good role in wrestling themes over the years there, JoJo. Yeah, did he he has some sort of connection to ECW too, or am I just making Yeah, Thunder Kiss 65 was the theme for Hardcore TV for a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and it was yeah, the yeah. Pitbulls theme as well. And uh, just a bunch of wrestlers used White Zombie songs in ECW. Uh, Lance Storm... Chris Jericho, 911, The Eliminators. So, uh, yeah, they had a nice footprint in ECW, that's for sure. For sure. Yeah, and also, like, I think uh, just in terms of the era, you know, I kind of, I link his his music with, I mean, I'm sure he's put up music more recently, but I just link him with that early 2000s period. And the other thing I wanted to bring up is something that you brought up to me a few days ago, JoJo. Um, this song was used in CZW, as a theme for Billy Fives and Frankie the Mobster. And when you were training to be a wrestler, JoJo, uh, Billy Fives was one of your trainers. One of my trainers, yeah. Billy Fives was, you know, he wrestled all up and down the East Coast on the Indies, but he was based in in South Florida. And I went to wrestling school at a place called Future of Wrestling uh, that produced, you know, most most notably, I would definitely say MVP. Uh, But Billy Fives was kind of the top guy around that time and he was one of the trainers so yeah i've actually like done wrestling drills and practice matches with a guy who uses this theme song so that's another another noteworthy uh trivia point in my book it's too bad ogawa wasn't your trainer that that would have been a lot of fun <laughs> i'll I'm tell sure. you one thing if ogawa was my trainer i definitely would not have given up on wrestling <laughs> Mr. Ogawa, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. And he just, he, he looks at you with that face of his and, ah, on second thought, I think I will keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Theme number three, and uh, Jojo, in the immortal words of Pitbull, give me the green light, because I'm ready to go, oh, 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 oh. It's Go Shiyazaki, uh, the current GHC heavyweight champion, a record seven-time GHC Tag Team Champion, and uh, many other accolades to his name. Go's theme is by Osamu Suzuki. It's called Enforcer.
So I kind of look at this one in a very similar vein to Explosion Soul and Songs of That Ilk, the big triumphant rock instrumental. Um, it's by Osamu Suzuki, who is a legendary wrestling theme composer in Japan who did themes like this for decades. Um, this one, though, I I'd say it's a bit more action-packed than Kiyomiya's theme is. It's a bit grander, more of like an established warrior theme than someone like Kiyomiya, who is on a, a rising journey, if you will. And that's a good representation of Go Shizaki himself and who he is in comparison to Kiyomiya, because he used to be the young up-and-comer, the new hero, but now he's been through the ringer, shall we say, and now he's the grizzled vet at the top of the mountain. So him having the badass warrior theme, it fits a lot better than, say, the young hopeful hero, Jojo. For sure. I mean, this, as you mentioned, Andrew, has, you know, all the classic Japanese wrestling instrumentation, right? It has the harmonizing electric guitars. It has uh, a lot of similarities to his mentor, Kento Kobashi's theme, Grand Sword. It has a lot of similarities in my book to Holy War, Toshiaki Kawada's theme. Um, and it, it fits him perfectly. Obviously, he didn't. He hasn't always used this theme. I think he started using this theme um, around 2015, maybe. Um, kind of when he, his career was kind of in upheaval, bouncing between All Japan, New Japan, or Noah through New Japan, then just New Noah. Um, but in terms of a song, yeah, all the classic instrumentation, like I said before with Kaito's theme, a very strong melody. Uh, I, I think Kaito's is a little bit stronger melodically, but this one certainly is, is very strong as well. Um, and yeah, I think this one, you know, like you said, it, 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 it kind of mirrors his career. It's it's not uh, smooth in any way. It's it's a little it's a little rough around the edges. The the melody is a little bit rough to pick up the first time you hear it, but then after a couple times, it definitely gets stuck in your head. And yeah, I mean, in terms of his position within the company. Uh, Shiozaki, if Kaito is not the ace, then Shiozaki is certainly the ace. And I think he's kind of been this like transition between Marufuji to Kiyomiya um, and done an amazing job kind of having a career resurgence over the last two or three years. Yeah, songs like these, they're not the most exciting to talk about because a lot of them do kind of symbolically hit the same notes and don't have any lyrics either. But I think that's kind of the point. You know, th that's who Go Shizaki is. He's the straightforward, no-nonsense ass-kicker who will represent the company with, with honor and pride, and he will fight to his last breath. He doesn't have a fancy-schmancy gimmick or character. He's not sleazy or underhanded. He's not a muscle monster or, or a comedy character. He's just Go Shizaki. He's just a fighter. That's it. So he doesn't need any, you know, special spices in his theme. Just those guitars, those drums, those keyboards, and, and away you go. Same with Kobashi's theme, same with Kawada's theme, Akiyama, Suama, go right down the list. And what those guys have in common is that they're all like Go Shizaki. They all fit that that mold. And yeah, it can get a little samesies at time, I think, but it does fit those kind of wrestlers so well, Jojo. Yeah, and I think also like his uh, demeanor, fits the song i think his his link to these wrestlers that you talked about whether it's in Noah or all japan uh it makes it makes you feel like he needs a, a song like this like his catchphrase is literally i am noah right so if he had a song that sounded out of context with all the other noah themes you'd be like well you're Noah, except you sound like you should be you know wrestling in dragon gate or something like that that's not the case 
Um, so this this theme really gives you what you expect, and yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you made the comparison between this and Kobashi's theme, Grand Sword. Again, not really a coincidence because Osamu Suzuki also composed Grand Sword, um, and, and Blazin too, the other Kobashi theme. And of course, Shiyazaki was Kobashi's protege. Uh, they were a tag team for a little bit, uh, and so again, like Kiyomiya and Misawa. There's these multiple connections between the two generations. And Suzuki as well also did a bunch of other, you know, classic themes for, for Mudo, for Chono, Hashimoto, Sasaki, Tawe, Otani, just a ton of legendary wrestlers. So his resume is pretty damn impressive, Jojo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's an incredible uh, catalog of just epic themes. Like, he is basically the guy that does this. Um so yeah, Shizaki is you know in in the mold of those wrestlers, so he definitely deserves a song that's that's in, on par with those as well. Up next, we'll talk about a man who is fifty years old, a man who had open heart surgery just a few years ago, and a man who may be the best wrestler not just in Noah but in modern wrestling history. It's Takashi Segura, the Killing Machine. Leader of Segura-gun, longest combined reigns as GHC heavyweight champion of all time, has won every title in NOAA, uh, pretty much every tournament as well, and he has a very cute dog. His theme is by U2, featuring B.B. King, off of Rattle and Hum. This is When Love Comes to Town. You know, Jojo, I think it's a rite of passage in every wrestling fan's life when they first watch a Segura match and the music hits and they go, wait, what? (laughs) Because it is a rather odd dichotomy. You know, on on the one hand, you've got Takashi Segura. You've got the toughest, hardest man in the world who beats the crap out of people in the ring. He looks like a badass. His nickname is the Killing Machine. It's on his tights. And he's coming out to not just a U2 song, but a song about the power of love and finding forgiveness for your past sins through love. Some of it romantic love, some of it religious love, but love all the same. And that message doesn't really seem to gel with a man like Takashi Segura. But that's the beauty of it. He's not trying to put on airs and say, I'm a big tough guy, look at me in my big tough guy song. No. He's going to come out to whatever music he wants. He's going to wear a t-shirt with his dog's face on it. And he's going to just be himself. And if you don't like it, well, he'll beat the shit out of you regardless, Jojo. So it's all just a, a big barrel of wonderful fun with this one. 
Yeah, I mean, this guy, like you said, the first time you hear this, you don't know what to expect. You don't know who's going to come out. And honestly, I think Segura is the best kept secret in wrestling still somehow after wrestling for so long. I still don't think people really understand how great this guy is, um, which is incredible to me. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of the song, I mean, it's just as a song, standalone song, apart from the wrestler, it's a great song. Um, it's it's a, it's a weird combination of U2 and BB King. Uh, it doesn't really sound like U2. It sounds more like a BB King song to me. Um, but yeah, it does. <laughs> when I was talking about Ogawa before saying like, I don't know if this is really the song that I would expect for him. What I was more alluding to is that we're going to talk about this song later, um, which, which, is, which is definitely weird. But like you said, uh, he picked it. He's going with it. He's going to be the shoddy if you don't like it. So you should just sit back and enjoy it. And I mean, the, the Noah fans like in the venues, when this shit starts, they're like, okay, he's going to come out now. Like it's, there's no, there's no, well, I don't know. I don't know about this. Like this is Segura's theme. Um, and it's, it's very closely associated with it, associated with him at this point. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you said it all in terms of lyrically, in terms of just the style of music, you know, the blues rock style, it, it, it doesn't seem to work, but it certainly does in this case. Um, yeah. I don't know what else I can say about this thing. You just got <laughs> you got to listen to the song. Just in terms of you know what I like about the song, obviously BB King is much more known as a guitar player, but BB's voice in this song I think sounds amazing. Um, and U2 is is doesn't really sound like U2 to me here, but it, it works. Yeah, I love this song. It, it's so great. It has a lot of power and grit behind it, and and soul in terms of the music and and bb king's vocals and the thing with segura you know it's not like he has a gimmick that would explain him using the song like he's not doing an irish gimmick you know he's not takashi o segura he's not doing a blues gimmick he's just takashi segura and he comes out to u2 because well he's a big fan of u2 um i looked on his twitter and when u2 toured asia last year for the joshua tree anniversary tour uh, they had a show at the Saitama Super Arena, and Segura went and took some photos. So it's really just as simple as him liking the song, liking the band, and wanting to use it. And really, you know, if I was in charge at Noah, and Segura came up to me and was like, I'm coming out to this song, I ain't gonna argue with him. Yeah, because... you yeah, you are. Tomorrow. You're starting tomorrow with this song. Go for it. Because <laughs> he's a badass. And, you know, he somehow he makes it work, Jojo. Yeah, totally. He um, and that's exactly what it is, right? He makes it work. It doesn't work just because it fits, you know, some uh, generic wrestler that's using it. It fits him. Obviously, he has a connection to the band, like you mentioned. And um, yeah, I think just the whole the total package of Segura is, is a very interesting one, right? Like he was a, uh, an amateur wrestler before he joined the All Japan Dojo. Uh, eventually making the jump with the rest of the All Japan roster to Noah before he even started wrestling. So I think that probably informed his personality a little bit, thinking he was going to debut in All Japan, but ending up uh, in a new a new company. Um, and just in terms of Noah, you know, as it is today, I think the company would definitely not have survived if it weren't for this guy. Um, he got it through its toughest years in ring, still putting together some of the best matches anywhere. Um, and like you mentioned, having heart surgery, but still putting on, you know, even today he had a great match. So yeah, this guy's incredible and he can use whatever song he wants. 
Yeah, if Mochizuki is the Iron Man of Dragon Gate, then Segura is the Iron Man of Noah. Because he's been consistently great for, for God knows how long and shows no signs of stopping either. Um, so, you know, I was thinking about this too. Uh, as far as U2 goes, you know, as a band, they're really not known for their badass songs, right? Like, right. I like them a lot. They have a lot of great songs. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network but they're not known for producing like quote-unquote bangers like they've got vertigo elevation but they're more of an anthem band i'd say they, they do anthems about love and peace and politics and society and, of course, Ireland. That's their wheelhouse. So I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot of great, um, you know, wrestling themes in their oeuvre. This song, it's a blues song, it's gritty, it's got B.B. King, but it's about love. It's about forgiveness. And it's hard to make that work as a wrestling theme. And it's hard to make a lot of their songs work as wrestling themes, I think, JoJo. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think part of the reason why this one works the way it does, apart from, you know, Segura, the one 
using it is just that it, it doesn't really sound like U2 to me, right? It doesn't have those chimey reverb heavy guitars. It doesn't have those like, you know, anthemic choruses. It's just like fucking swaggery and, you know, bluesy. Um, so, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I'd say U2, they're probably a much better like wrestling video package band. Because the song "Beautiful Day" was used for like a, a video for the uh, the 2002 G1 Climax, I think. Um, and yeah, it that w- sounds right. Yeah, and it was also used for the Triple H Desire video as well that same year. So, like, yeah, montage videos with poses and big triumphant moments and slow mo. That's great for them. Uh, actual entrance themes, not so much. Yeah, I mean, one other note about this song is that it was recorded at Sun Studios, which is. I don't think true of any other wrestling theme. <laughs> um, you know, obviously the famous recording studio in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, used by Elvis and Johnny Cash and Carl Perkins, you know, rockabilly basically uh, made famous in the studio. But then, you know, as time goes on, uh, you know, bigger rock, contemporary rock acts want to go there to record because so many of their, their idols recorded there. So this may be one of very few wrestling themes recorded at Sun Studios. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, before we move on, uh, Jojo, I don't know if you knew this or not, but, um, I'm hearing a rumor that, uh, that Dragon Gate will start using their own version of the song soon. It'll be U2 featuring BB Hulk. Folks, come on now. Come on. on. You could have gone with UT too. Oh shit. You're right. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. You one up me there. You one up me. Well done, sir. Well done. As a second time guest, I got to bring it a little bit. (laughs) Theme number five, and um, I have to put an asterisk with this one, Jojo, because uh, this guy just started using a new theme a few weeks ago, but I'm saving that one for the year in review episode in December. So instead, we'll talk about the theme that he used to come out to. Uh, This is Katsuhiko Nakajima, the genius of the kick. Hmm, I wonder where he got that name from. Nakajima, now a member of the Congo Stable, a 16-year pro, and another Grand Slam champion as well. But unlike Ogawa, he's only 32 years old, a true prodigy in wrestling. His theme is by Sito. It's called Genius of the Kick. So we just slowed things down a bit with When Love Comes to Town. We'll pick it back up now with the tempo and some very intense, fast-paced speed metal. Um, Nakajima, a man with very fast and intense kicks, who was once part of a tag team called The Aggression. So I'd say this style of music, it fits him quite well, I think. And I don't know if 
you made the comparison as well here, Jojo, but I get real Iron Maiden vibes when I hear this song. Like, the style of music and the way the guitar sounds specifically makes me think of Maiden. Um, but so do the choir drops at the beginning. You know, ha, 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 ha. Uh, Maiden throughout their career have made quite a number of like mini epics with the long guitar solos and the choirs and the theatricality. Not that Nakajima is theatrical himself all that much, but I'd be curious to know if he was actually a fan of Iron Maiden at all, Jojo. I can honestly say that I don't know about Iron Maiden. Have you heard of them, at least? I have heard of them. Oh, good, good. Uh, but uh, I don't listen to them. I'm not really a metal guy. I can talk about, like, basically any type of rock music except for metal. Well, um, to each their own, I guess. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, in terms of the song itself, I mean, it has a lot of the instrumentation, obviously, that I think comes from metal. Um, you know, the, the harmonizing guitars, the really chuggy rhythm guitar. Um, but obviously still really strong melodically. Uh, it kind of has like this galloping uh, pace to me where it sounds like he kind of like he's running to the ring, even though he's probably not. Um, to me, what this song reminds me of, because I can't really talk about Iron Maiden, is like a pissed off, even more pissed off version, if that's possible, version of Hiroki Goto's theme. It, it kind of speaks to that type of uh, instrumentation, like the vocal in the beginning, like you said, um, but it's just faster to me. Um, so that's kind of where it sits in my mind. Yeah, you hear it, and you know, I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone who listens to this song and is like, ah, it's just another metal instrumental thing. They're a dime a dozen. And yeah, on its own, there's nothing that special about it, really. But I think in the context of some of the other songs we've played on this episode so far, it does stand out in its own way. Like, if you look at the trio of Explosion Soul, Enforcer, and Genius of the Kick, this one, I think, does stand out the most because it goes harder than those songs do. It's heavier. It feels brasher. More of an attitude to it. A little less respectful. It's like it's trying to branch off the genre of heroic pearl music and be its own thing and go its own way, which is what Nakajima's been trying to do these past few years. You know, for a long time, he was the supernova. He was this fast-rising kid, this clean-shaven good guy, like Kiyomiya. But he's changed. Now he's got an attitude and some brashness and some sleazy facial hair as well. So I like how the song is reflecting his desire to stand out more and to show more of an aggressive personality, Jojo. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, again, talking about, you know, my personal experience with these songs, again, when, when Katsuhiko got this song, he was still uh, baby-faced in terms of facial hair and in terms of, you know, position in the company. Um, but I think, you know, this song really represents the growth in his career, right? He, with this song in, in 2015, 2016, he really was elevated to the main event, right? Um, and struggled, Really, he was kind of given the mantle of Noah's savior after the Suzuki Gun thing, and then uh, kind of didn't succeed, you know, by by all measures. So I think it it took him going back to the drawing board and and finding that aggression, um, even before even before getting the, that tag team name, um, and finding out who he was, you know, now. If you if you've been wrestling since you were fourteen or whatever you're obviously not the same person as you were when you were 14. So you got to evolve. 
And um, I think he's done that. And I think this song kind of has done that with him. Uh, unfortunately, he's not using it today, but um, I'm really glad that we got to talk about it just because he's basically my favorite wrestler. If, if not my favorite, one of my, one of my very favorites. And, uh, and I, I really associate this song with him strongly. So, um, you know, and again, it gives you those, those things you, the, it checks those boxes, right? It has the guitars. It has the, the drive. So, I don't know much about the composer, but I think you, you can see kind of what he was going for in terms of the, the feel of the song, it, you know, relative to other uh, Japanese wrestling classics. I mean, if you look at the majority of Nakajima's career, he's a guy who was put under a very large shadow early on as the protege of Kensuke Sasaki. Not just a protege, um, for those that don't know, the bond between Nakajima and Sasaki is so strong that Sasaki and his wife, Akira Hokuto, they consider him to be like a son to them. They're that close. And for years, Nakajima was his prospect and his protege and part of Sasaki's uh, diamond ring group. And he wore trunks that were similar to Sasaki's and it came out to Sasaki's power theme for a little bit. And in order for him to really take that next step up, he needed to break out of Sasaki's shadow and become his own man. And lately, that's what he's been doing. I think, you know, Genius of the Kick, it was a good step in that direction as being a bit more, um, like I said, a, a bit more thrashy than something like Sasaki's Take the Dream was. But uh, but now he's going a step farther, actually, with his new theme, Kickstart, which is like a, a poppy hip-hop song. So he's definitely staking his own claim as he goes further along in his career, Jojo. For sure. And, you know, whenever you talk about Nakajima, the thing... To me, that comes to mind is the kicks, right? This song's called Genius of the Kick. His new nickname now is the Kick King. Um, so they used to do a really cool thing with his entrance video. Um, I think it was mostly when he was in the G1, maybe 2016. I think it was maybe 2017. 2016. Uh, 2016, yeah. And they kind of like timed the hits and the melody with kicks in the video, uh, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got to grow. He's got to move on. He's got to ditch the theme eventually. I have a suspicion that he may go back to it at some point. Um, but, uh, if not, we'll move forward and, uh, and see where his career brings him. You know, the past few episodes, I've been mentioning this miniseries I did at Voices of Wrestling called The September of Saban, where I looked at five Chris Saban matches in his career and it's over now, but one of the matches I looked at was uh, Sabin versus Nakajima from 2007 All Japan. And it's amazing looking back at A, how adorable Nakajima was back then with his, his baby fat and, and colorful tights, and B, just how great he is at such a young age. Uh, he was 19 then, and he was so good, and he's only gotten better. It, it's remarkable just how consistently great Nakajima has been as a wrestler since he was so young and he's still young he's 32 years old and it's just it's ridiculous jojo to think of how much he's done in his career so far and how much of his career is still ahead of him yeah i mean just based on the types of guys he's got to work with the different companies he's worked in he has like you know three careers worth of experience already and he's still in his prime um and you know, honestly he's better now than he's ever been so um, if you don't watch Noah, if you've never seen Nakajima wrestle before, please go out and see, seek some of his matches out. If you're, if you're a New Japan fan, check out his stuff on New Japan World. If you don't have 
access to that take a look at what he's got on on youtube and wrestle universe because this guy is like i said he's my favorite wrestler so i could i could talk about his matches for 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 a couple another couple of hours but we don't have that kind of time <laughs> no no I'll, I'll i'll just say that i recommend the saban match but but also the kenta match from 09 yeah that's a great match sure. to watch absolutely for sure so we just played a theme for a member of congo uh let's play the theme for the leader of congo uh this is kano Kano, a former member of Michinoku Pro before joining NOAA in 2014 and finding success as a heavyweight champion and tournament winner. His theme is by the band Garlic Boys off the album Gekijo. This is Shitsuren Mosh. So, so far, we've had traditional Puro rock hero music. We've had Scummer, Rob Zombie, Industrial Metal. We've had Bluesy, U2, and BB King. We've had some epic speed metal. And now we've got Punk. Uh, Garlic Boys, uh, despite their smelly name, uh, they're considered to be a very important band in the history of Japanese hardcore punk music. And they do bring that aggression and that punk attitude here. A little pop-punky, too. Especially with the whoa, whoa, sing-along parts, but it's still impactful and combative with the vocals and the music. And really, if there is one genre of music that I would ascribe to Kano, it would certainly be punk, Jojo. For sure. I mean, this song, it fits in perfectly, I think, between the guitars and that little the little bass drop-in before the, the drums kick in. Um, and this fits in perfectly, and, you know, as I, as I like to say... Uh, Keno probably takes himself more seriously than any other wrestler I've ever seen. <laughs> and this song just fits the total package of Keno. And I don't say that in a negative way. I just mean, you know, look at the guy's hair. It's always perfect. Look at his gear. It's always perfect. He's always doing, like, the, the poses that he does are very well thought out. And it's carried on to the rest of his stable with the posing. <laughs> so you can tell that this guy's image and this guy's uh, personality is very well crafted, right? So it's very clear that he picked what he thought was the perfect song. Um, and I would agree, I think it fits him perfectly. Yeah, he's not like a rowdy punk. He doesn't have a mohawk or tattoos or piercings or whatever, but he just, he has so much angst. Yes. Like, he's not gonna smile or kiss babies. He's just an angry little edgelord shit with a giant chip on his shoulder who always has a sour look on his face and he kicks people really hard. Like, that's him. His main pose 
is an outstretched fist pointing right at you. So, yeah, he's got some issues. And Shitsur and Mosh, it's Japanese for Heartbreak Mosh. And uh, Jojo, you were kind enough to tell me that the song is about someone being sad in a mosh pit. Um, I probably could have figured that out myself, but <laughs> that's what it's about. And, you know, Kano, I think there's a little bit of sadness to him. A little sadness in the eyes, because he won the GHC title a few years ago, and he was like, I'm gonna lead this company now. I'm gonna take Noah back to Budokan. And then he lost the belt a few months later. He started Congo, and it was his group. They were gonna take over Noah. And then Nakajima joined the group. And Nakajima and Kano have a very tense relationship. And now there are some whispers floating about that Nakajima might usurp Kano out of his own group. So it's like, yeah, things have not been easy for the guy at all. So the whole melancholic punk thing, I think it fits him quite well, Jojo. For sure. He's got kind of emo hair, right? Um, you know, when, when Abema does the the Noah broadcasts, they put like three somewhat arbitrary but also meant to be meaningful uh, ratings for each wrestler, right? So um, a lot of guys get stuff like speed or stamina or power or kicking. Um, you know, Keno has a background in, in Kempo Karate, so he has a 10 in Kempo Karate, right? But he also has a 10 in rebellious spirit. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's exactly who who Keno is like. He's always going against the authority, no matter who it is, right? Whoever is the 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 owner du jour of Noah is has beef with Ken with Keno. Um, so yeah, there's to me he's super punk, um, despite not having a mohawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and speaking of Nakajima, and this is just me doing my English major bullshit, of course, but I think you can look at the Kano-Nakajima relationship through their respective music genres because both guys are rather similar in a lot of ways. They both love to kick. They both have an attitude, similar in age, uh, former juniors turned heavyweights, and now they're both in the same stable. But one of them is a punk, and the other is, at least with the genius song, a metalhead. And I don't know if there still is, but... Back in the 80s, there was a rift between the punks and the metalheads. Despite there being similarities between the two sides, they just were opposed to each other. And whenever Kano and Nakajima face off in the ring, there's always so much tension and so much staring and animosity between them. They just make natural enemies. Even though they're supposed to be on the same team now, they can't help but repel each other. So I think it's a cool little touch then that... Their themes are sort of the same, but also pretty different. And now, with Kickstart, they're very different. So, it's hammering home even more now that these guys are supposed to be together, but they just they can't fit together at all, Jojo. Yeah, and as you mentioned, they're, they're, they're fairly similar in the ring, right? But also, another thing that's pretty different between the two of them, you alluded to this before, is their paths to where they are today, right? So, obviously, Katsuhiko kind of came in the front door basically of these top promotions, you know, with this connection to, to Kensuke getting to work all Japan, New Japan, Noah very, very early on in his career connected with Ricky Choshu, obviously. Um, so, you know, he basically, you know, had every opportunity, whereas Ken, on the other hand, had a very different path starting in, in Michinoku pro. He was actually scouted by Jinsei Shinsaki 
uh, who saw him at a karate tournament was like, you could probably be a wrestler if you wanted to. And uh, he was trained in Michinoku Pro and eventually made his way to Noah as a junior. Didn't really have a lot of success in this as a singles junior, had more success as a tag. Um, then decided he was going to move up to heavyweight kind of unexpectedly, honestly, and has really, really, really done well. If, if Segura hadn't carried this company on its back, it, this company was on Keno's back over the last couple of years. Uh, and he means every time he says I'm taking this company back to the Budokan, he means it like that is literally his career goal. And honestly, I don't doubt him. I think he's going to do it. Um, he's super popular. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Katsuhiko is one of my is basically my favorite wrestler. And I love every time he wrestles Keno. So, yeah, they're very much intertwined. And I hope they honestly don't stay very friendly with each other for very long because I like to see them wrestle each other. More. Um, I, I do want to bring this up. And uh, Jojo, you mentioned this to me the other day. There was a Congo produce show last year called Diamond. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. on the show, um, is it pronounced PETA or PETA? I think PETA. PETA, okay. Uh, PETA is the lead singer of Garlic Boys, and he performed the song live for Congo's entrance. Uh, it was Kano, Masakitamiya, and Yoshiki Inamura. And I watched the clip, and it was quite a funny sight because... Peta, you know, he's basically like this hardcore punk dad at this point because he started in the 80s and now he's all grown up with a graying beard and he's just jumping around the ring, singing the song, going nuts. And then you've got Kano, Kitamiya, and Inamura, these three beefy stoic warriors in the ring, just staring straight ahead, not moving, not reacting, just doing their pose while Peta is going nuts in the background. It was like their dad was performing the entrance and they're trying not to be embarrassed by him. You know, oh, dance, stop it, come on. But but, but, but no, it, it was pretty cool. And it is cool when the artist performs a song live for a wrestler at a show. Yeah, that was a very memorable scene to me as well. And honestly, if, if you do sign up for Wrestle Universe after hearing us talk, you know, about, about Noah and stuff, that would be something I recommend that you go check out because it's pretty memorable. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take a look now at one of the junior heavyweights of Noah, and it's Daisuke Harada, who unfortunately was just kicked out of his group full throttle and is back teaming with his old tag partner Atsushi Kotoge. Uh, but Harada, a multi-time junior champion, a very successful junior in the company, uh, the ace of the juniors, I'd say, uh, formerly with Osaka Pro as well. His theme is by Shinjiro Miao. It's called KTYM. Holy late 90s Batman. Uh, 
I feel like I've been transported to a world of black trench coats and hacker code and underground rave nightclubs. Like, you put this music in the Matrix or the like first... Blade, maybe? Yep, Blade, Blade, um, or the first Triple X movie, it would fit right in, no problem, with those modulated keyboards, and those low-range chugging guitar riffs, all dark and brooding and edgy. Um, now, Jojo, you told me that your lovely wife, Christine, when she hears this song, it reminds her of another late 90s, early 2000s staple, doesn't it? It does. Every time uh, Harada comes out to the ring, she said, hey, it's the guy that has the song that sounds like the biscuit. <laughs> Um, and I, I didn't know what that song was called, so I had to look it up. And it is called, go to my notes, Break Stuff, right? And the, the part that sounds like Break Stuff to her is, is the guitar. Uh, so not really right in the beginning, but if you get into the song a little bit, you hear a couple of guitar chords. And if, if they're not the same chords, they're very much in the same style. So I think she's on the line with that. Well, here's the thing. I like this song and its sound. It does grab me, but... To me, it seems like a little bit of an odd pairing with Harada. Like, I'm not super, super well-versed on him, and I know he can be rather intense and combative in the ring, but, like, aesthetically, he seems a bit too straight-laced for a song like this. Mm. Like, he was in Rattel's, and Rattel's was the ultimate grimy scumbag group in Noah for a little bit, but he doesn't have stringy hair or the trash bag pants or face paint or whatever, he looks fairly conservative. You know, he, this is not slimy Ogawa, the 53-year-old, or, or some lower-card Grimer. He's 33. He's the junior ace of the company, the second-longest combined title reigns as junior champion in company history. So there is a little disconnect there between him and the sound to me, Jojo. For sure. So two things. I think you're right on the money with his image. To me, he's always seemed like a Japanese version of Roderick Strong to me in the ring. Um, so if, if you've never seen Harada wrestle, he's basically, you know, image wise like Roddy, but Japanese. Um, but the other thing is that this song was written specifically for him, right? It's called KTYM, which is stands for Katayama, which is the name of his finisher is Katayama German, which is basically the neighborhood that he's from in Osaka, I think. Um, so maybe he just likes this kind of music. Maybe, maybe, just like Segura, this is his cup of tea. Yeah, I think if we're willing to give, you know, Segura has definitely earned this, but if we're willing to give Segura the benefit of the doubt stylistically on his theme, I think at this point, given his stature within the junior division, we should extend that same, uh, uh, you know, gesture to her. The same courtesy. Same courtesy, exactly. That's exactly the word I was looking for. I couldn't <laughs> think of. <laughs> but, you know, Harada... He has a history of strange theme songs in general because you reminded me about the theme for his tag team with Katoge, right. uh, Momo no Seishin Tag. It's a song called Are You Ready by Mean Me. And she's like so a weird. Japanese reggae hip-hop artist. Um, the genre is, I think, called Soka. It's a catchy song for sure with a cool little video, but I wouldn't call it the most intimidating or kick-ass wrestling theme in the world, Jojo. Um, especially for like Harada, you know.
Yeah, I mean, maybe his his strategy is just to pick the song that seems like it's not going to fit him the most. Because yeah, that if you haven't heard that tag song, and I assume most people haven't, definitely go go check it out because it's, you know, we were talking before about Segura and his his YouTube song, but this one would be even <laughs> less likely to be a wrestling song. Yeah, at least U2 has the grit and the oomph behind it. Mm. This one, uh, it's a lot more um, a lot more cutesy, a lot more poppy. It's very strange. It's got some, like, flamenco-y acoustic guitar in the beginning, I think. Um, yeah, it just, it's it's very weird is the only way I can describe it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you said that KTYM stands for Katayama German, correct? Yes. Okay, well, I did not know that. So I had to guess what KTYM stood for. Oh, no. Okay. Now, now hear me out. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. One of Harada's moves that he does is where he picks a guy up for a hip toss. Uh, but yeah. instead of flipping him over, he drives him straight down and knees him in the face. So my guess was that it stood for knee to your mouth. That was my guess. That is probably a better name than what he actually calls it, which is <laughs> the, the knee upper. Um, but yeah, no, I like that a lot. I think his new gimmick might be that he just uses those type of, you know, uh, acronyms for all of his moves, but it's all the same acronym. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, my other guess was keep the yams moist, you know, so I think, I think either one would have worked, I guess. <laughs> are, are yams, are yams supposed to be moist? I don't know, but that was my joke answer. So, so why not? Right. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll go with it. I don't know what kind of move that would be, but. Maybe one of Zack Sabre Jr.'s submission holds. How about that? <laughs> Give it that name. But um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, it's time now for the final theme of the episode. And we'll end things on a much lighter note because it's the theme for Muhammad Yone. And Yone, is he as decorated a wrestler as some other guys on this episode here? No, he's not. But he does have a sweet afro and a sweet entrance theme. This is by Earth, Wind, and Fire, featuring the emotions off the album I Am. Let's take a trip to Boogie Wonderland. So I have to say, Jojo, I'm a little surprised here. You know, I see Muhammad Yone, he's got the big afro, the glamorous star jacket and pants, the light-up glasses, the disco dancing. I'm a little shocked he's not coming out to death metal. A little shocked by that, I think, but <laughs> but, uh, but no, no, I, I tease, of course, I tease, because, listen, it's Muhammad Yone. His whole gimmick 
is that he loves disco. His anniversary show coming up is going to be called Disco Ball, for God's sake. Like, what other genre of music on earth is he going to come out to? Country Western? Like, it's a no-brainer in this case, JoJo. Yeah, so I wrote down notes, you know, a couple couple sentences for each of these songs we're talking about, and I literally just wrote down Yone. I didn't write down <laughs> anything else. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is there's there's nothing else to say. I mean, this song is just him. Um, and it's super popular with the fans. Uh, you know, he, he used it in his tag team with Quiet Storm, 50 fucking powers, and it, it somehow even worked for Quiet Storm. So that's that's the the level of association that Yone has with this song. Um, and, you know, we've been I feel like I've been saying this with a couple of these recently, but it, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to work, but it totally works. And this I mean, honestly wasn't always his his gimmick. Um, this is something that he's adapted towards the end of his career. So it's not like he's been coming out to this song for, you know, whatever his entire, what'd you say, 30 year career. Um, you know, this is something that he he adopted it within the last 10 years, I would guess. And, and he's totally made it work. Um, and honestly, he's usually in the opening match uh, on a Noah show. So it, it sets it sets the mood exactly how you would expect uh, it to set as a as a as a disco song. Yeah, it's just a nice, delightful song. That's what it is. And when those opening horns hit, the dun 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 dun, dun it immediately puts you in a good mood. I want to and... clap right now, just because like that's how, <laughs> that when I hear that rip, that little melodic riff or whatever, I just have that gut instinct going to the Noah shows that you got to start clapping. Yeah, and that's what the song is about. It's about people using the magic of disco and dance to get away from the issues of their daily life. Midnight creeps so slowly into hearts of men who need more than they get. Daylight deals a bad hand to a woman who has laid too many bets. The mirror stares you in the face and says, Baby, uh uh-uh, it don't work. You say your prayers, though you don't care. You dance and shake the hurt. That's Boogie Wonderland! I chase my vinyl dreams to Boogie Wonderland. It's an escape. The disco is an escape, and it makes you feel good, makes you happy. And I think that extends to all kinds of music. And really, it extends to wrestling as well. Wrestling is supposed to be an escape for people and make them happy. Um, seems a bit harder lately, I think, given all that's going on in the world right now. But that's the idea, at least. And I think Muhammad Yone, you know, is he the best wrestler in the world? No, but he wants to make people happy with some wrestling and some disco music and some dancing. So, you know, God bless him, JoJo. For sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty... Um, interesting sight to see. So a lot of times Noah will run Corquin Hall on a weekday, usually start the show around 630. Um, And a lot, if not all of the the audience is basically like in their work clothes. Right. And it's, it's very visible that these people are coming to this show, myself included to like, forget about their work day. Right. And this song as the opening song, a lot in a lot of cases serves that very purpose to transport these people into the show. So, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. It, 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 it's definitely, you know, has that escapism, you know, element to it. And I think, you know, that kind of is synonymous with, with, with Yone's lightheartedness in the ring as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, doesn't he have a talk show where he dresses up like a woman and interviews wrestlers? Um, I think it's called Satoko is the name of the character. Like, he's a very lighthearted guy in a lot of ways. So... Him having this lighthearted gimmick and song is no surprise, that's for sure. 
Yeah, I think he has the talk show that you mentioned, and he also owns a restaurant, I believe. So yeah, he's you know he's doing other stuff, and I I think you know most people might be surprised to hear that he started in battle arts, right? As a very <laughs> serious wrestler. Um, but, uh, you know, he has, a, like some other guys that we've talked about has evolved. And, you know, right now he's a disco master, a disco master who does the muscle buster. You know, it's a very, a very interesting combination. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right. Well, that was our look at some pro wrestling Noah themes. Uh, again, rather timely, uh, given that it's the 20th anniversary of NOAA this year, and uh, the N1 Victory Tournament is wrapping up shortly. But, uh, you know, regardless of the timing, it was still a very fun episode. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, JoJo, thank you so much for being here again. It was great to have you back on the show here, finally. Yeah, Andrew. Again, thanks for having me back. I, I'm glad to be a, a two-time guest, and, uh, you know, I hope uh, everybody out there is doing well, and uh, I, hope I, hear, I hope you... Uh, you know, hear me again on this show soon. Yeah. Uh, any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead. Uh, you know, just the Miami Marlins who are in the playoffs and possibly going to win the World Series. <laughs> so, yeah, other than the Miami Marlins, uh, you know, Voices of Wrestling. And uh, I'm on Twitter, JoJo underscore runs, if you, if you want to follow me there. And, uh, yeah, everybody uh, stay safe. Well, uh, my team, the Red Sox, are out of the equation this year. So uh, go Marlings. That's right. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Everybody should be a Marlins fan right now. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Music of the Mat is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. If you want to discuss this or past episodes, you can do that at the VOW Discord. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. If you want to donate to the show, you can do that. Just go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Donate and click the big Donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. Much appreciated if you do. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Uh, JoJo, thank you again, and I'll see you around. Thanks. Good talking to you. All right. For JoJo Remy, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.